Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. How do we not become one of these scoffers? How do we not become somebody who seemingly gives up on taking our faith serious in this time? How do we not become somebody who is just wasting our lives? How do we make the most of this little bit of time that we have left? Because the end is near. It is absolutely near. But from God's vantage point, we don't know exactly when that's gonna happen. And so how do we make the most of this time? A common question people are asking in our current day is, is this the end? We are hearing stories of locusts devouring portions of Africa, historic fires across the United States, floods, hurricanes, and earthquakes throughout the world. That is not to mention a pandemic our world has dealt with. Digital currency that is growing in popularity and vaccines that if not administered can limit your travel. And of course, the continual rumors of war. Well, in this two-part sermon, we are going to answer the question, is this the end? From a biblical point of view, we are specifically going to look at a passage of scripture from 2 Peter 3, which informs us about how we can understand the days we live in. Please remember that no matter what today's new headline is, what catastrophe our world is dealing with, or what illness you might be recovering from, or what ailment you might be struggling through, or what war is getting discussed, Jesus has already won. Even though Satan might be roaring, we can always have confidence that Jesus is coming. Enjoy the message. Now, over the past few weeks, we have been going through a sermon series entitled Take It Back. And what we focused on in this series was just focusing in on some of the things that we have in Christ, everybody who's called on his name, um, particularly our faith and hope, and, and we wanted to have peace. And, and so these, there were these certain qualities and characteristics that we need to have present in our lives that 2020 and all the craziness of it took from us. And so we need to focus in, hone in on taking those things back. But with all of the different turmoil, the different uh, challenges that people have faced, and all of the uncertainty throughout the world, one of the questions that I've gotten along with that of late is, what's going on in the world? Is this the end? Is the end near? And this particular topic is one that sometimes can cause people to become uneasy, can cause people to be excited, and maybe some others, it might even kind of put you off because you've heard prophecies that have been given in the past, specific dates that have been given in the past, and you're wondering, you know, well, is there ever even going to be an end? And maybe there's a part of you that might even scoff a little bit at that particular idea, that notion. But again, coming back to this particular, particular year that we just came out of, this last year. I mean, it's been unbelievable all that we have gone through. There was one, uh, in particular, one person that was pointing out that we've had a hundred major disasters in our world over the course of this past year. They've affected 50 million people, in fact. And we know that here in Colorado because we've experienced, we experienced one of those major disasters this past year with almost half the state seemingly get burned up. I mean, it wasn't that much, but you know what I'm saying. It was a lot of this, probably half the state was covered in smoke though. It was unbelievable the amount of fires that were coming through our particular state. And these disasters have been all over the world. Even pestilence has been taking place. Um, the NPR had an article that they recently ran about locusts. In fact, do I have this? I don't, there it is. I'll get to this in a moment. No, go back to the picture there of locusts um, that were all throughout um, northern uh, Africa. And these particular locusts were consuming and devouring different crops. 
And NPR had a particular headline that said, this is of biblical proportions. And what they are, and NPR is definitely not a, a Christian organization. What they were essentially saying was is that what is happening here happened in the Bible. And what is happening here is something that the Bible says may even happen again at the end of time. And so they were just making this connection, maybe even pointing to a sign. But I had a mentor of mine several years ago. He talked about some of the other signs that have been developing over the course of the last several years, several decades, in fact. And one of those particular signs, he said, you've got to look at Israel. In 1948, the Jews were scattered throughout the world, but then through some seemingly miraculous event, they were given a nation. And they all are now, essentially, not all of them, but they were able to come together in one particular land. And then, pointing out the sign of the EU, that there are some that would say that the Antichrist is going to rise up out of Europe, out of these nations, out of one of the the nations that is there, that has been united under this EU um, particular banner. And then you have a digital currency, a currency that could seemingly affect whether you sell and, and you can trade different goods and commerce. And these are all signs to be considering because what, what is this? Is this the mark of the beast? What exactly is the digital currency that we're dealing with? And then there's a worldwide visibility of via the internet. I mean, Jesus, he's going to return and everybody's going to see him. How is this even possible? Well, that's not seemingly possible. But now with the internet, maybe it is possible. And then even now, more recently, we've got this COVID vaccine. And I saw another article that was written. And this person was potentially saying, this could be the mark of the beast. And they were saying that, you know, if you haven't gotten the vaccine, then there could be some economic isolation that you deal with. And all of it, again, brings us back, is the end here? Is the end near? What is going on? Is the end near? Is this the end? Well, biblically speaking... The answer to that is absolutely yes. The end is near. Now, I don't hear anybody celebrating or, or gasping. <laughs> so, so I'm hoping you're still with me. But biblically speaking, the end is absolutely near. First Peter chapter 4 said it this way. The end of all things is near. Now, that word near, wait a second, wasn't that written in the first century, you might be thinking? Wasn't that written almost 2,000 years ago? Yes, it was. So what, what, are you, what are you getting at here? Well, in this particular time, there was some difficult circumstances that Christians were, were battling through. There was a man named Nero who had come to power in Rome, and he wanted his fingerprint on that city. But most of ancient Rome at that point had been built out. Well, one easy way to, get, to resolve that problem would be to burn down most of the city. But if he burns it down, he can't be the one that was at fault. He had to blame someone else. And that's where Christians came into that story. And once the city was burnt, he blamed the Christians, who at that point had finally been separated from the Jewish people that that were still in Rome. And so they were viewed as a separate sect. And with that, the persecution began on this group of people. And things got really bad. All throughout the Roman Empire, there was marginalization, families were splitting. There was an incredible uh, amount of economic pressure that was being placed on people who said they were Christians because they were were told that they had to make idols. Many of them, they they had to actually manufacture an idol for worship even though they didn't believe in that. And there was all sorts of tensions that were getting navigated. And then in Rome, it was even worse. Because people that were part of the Roman church 
would literally have known people who were thrown to lions that had been starved for days. They would have known people who were impaled on, impaled so that they could become a torch for Nero's garden and offer light to his particular estate, his palace and the roads. To them, things that couldn't have gotten any worse. They couldn't have gotten, they couldn't even imagine it being worse than it was. And so Peter was saying, this is what it's like when things come to an end, when things, when the end is near. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Now we fast forward 2,000 years and we're just left saying, like, well, what's going on? It's been 2,000 years. What's happening? Well, we're going to find out here in a moment. We're going to find out what we would call end times math, which is a math that's a lot different than our math. It's a different perspective than we often have. And what we're dealing with now in our particular day is some things that, troubling signs. There's some trials. There's some challenges. We're looking at things that are going on in our world, and we're wondering what's going on. Is Satan winning? And what we have to understand is this. Peter describes Satan as a lion, and so Satan might roar, but Jesus rose. And Satan might be roaring, but Jesus is still coming. And Satan might win a battle, but ultimately, Jesus is going to win the war. Yeah. And these are the types of things that we can hang on to in, in times of challenge, in times of struggle. And again, as we come, we're gonna come into this text that we're gonna look at, we're gonna figure out how it is that we can hang on our faith, how it is that we can sort through all of the signs and the challenges. And here's what the idea or the concept, one of the, I want you to understand, what I feel like I, makes most sense to me as I read the scripture and as I look at our world that is around us, is that the point that Peter's making, the point that mentors of mine have made, even the point that I wanna to make to you, is that the signs have always been with us. You see, Satan hasn't ever stopped working. I think he's always up to something. And we can think in our minds that, well, Satan, whenever Jesus returns, then he's finally going to rally his army. Then, he is, then he's finally going to get to work. But the truth is, he's always at work. And we're trying to read the signs to figure out when Jesus is going to come. But the reality is it's going to be flipped. Is Jesus going to come? And then the signs are going to make sense. Because Satan doesn't know when that's going to happen. And because he doesn't know what I would present to you, is that he's always got an antichrist on deck. And he's just waiting for Jesus to come, and then he's gonna bring that person to power. 
He's just, he's always gonna be working a few signs. He's always gonna have a mark of the beast in the works. He's always gonna have something happening with a particular group of people that are gonna come up against God's people. He's always working a little bit of that so that way when Jesus does return, he's gonna be ready to come at us full force. And so people live and people die and it's, it's this continual process. It's continually turning over again and again and again and then one day, Whenever that day comes, all of a sudden, all those signs are gonna make a whole lot of sense. And so we come into this text then that maybe will meet you where you're at. And Peter says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised, ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. And, and so people maybe were considering believing in Jesus. People were considering placing their faith in Christ, but now they're not. In fact, they're scoffing. Or maybe there were just some who never had any intention at all in believing in Jesus. Maybe they never even attended a service, and they've just been scoffing, and they just think these beliefs that these Christians have is unbelievably silly. But they deliberately forget. In other words, they knew about what it is that Peter is getting ready to write. They deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And by these same waters, also the world at that time was deluged and destroyed. So what he's saying, and if you, if you are a parent or you're a grandparent, you, you, might, you might know what he's getting at here. Essentially what he's saying is, is that God is going to bring judgment on the world. God is going to discipline the world. It is absolutely gonna happen and you know this because it's already happened. It's like if you tell your child, if you do that again, if you say that again, if you don't obey me, then this is what's gonna happen. And then you, they, don't, they do whatever it is that they aren't supposed to do or they disobey in some way and then you, you discipline them. You take away the game system. You maybe put them in timeout. You maybe give them a spanking. You do something along those lines and then all of a sudden they know you're serious. Hey, if you do this, then I'm gonna do this. And what Peter is saying is that God did this and now he's telling us that one day he's gonna do something like this again, but he's not gonna do it with water, he's gonna do it with fire. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this, one thing, dear friends, and here is the key text for us. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. This is the end times map that we are talking about. That from our vantage point, we're looking at a thousand years. 2,000 years, in fact, that Christianity has essentially been with us. But from God's vantage point, it's been two days. And we look at 2020 and we think, how, my goodness, can this year ever begin? But with end times math, do you know how long 2020 really was? With this type of a formula that's before us? 86.4 seconds. 86.4 seconds. That's all it was. And, it, I mean, it was an eventful 86.4 seconds, to say the least. But that's all it was, is 86.4 seconds. And what this tells us also is that your life and my life is probably going to amount to about an hour and a half. <laughs> 
And that since Christianity was essentially established in this world, we've only gone through two days. First day was the first thousand years, second day was the second thousand years, and the third day is this thousand years that we're coming into. And when I read my Bible, I don't know how, about how it is when you read, you, read, you read your Bible, but when I read my Bible, the third day is a pretty significant day. When I, when I read my Bible, there was, some, there was a very significant thing that happened on the third day. That, that on the third day, Satan all of a sudden realized he hadn't won, but he had lost. That on the third day, we didn't have to live under the law anymore. And instead, there was a God who came and he died for us and he rose from the grave. That on the third day, there is that resurrection that we sang about earlier. On the third day, there is a lot of hope. And so maybe in the third day, maybe over the course of these next however many years, maybe Jesus is gonna come into this world. But in the meantime, how do we not become one of these scoffers? How do we not become somebody who seemingly gives up on taking our faith serious in this time? How do we come, become somebody who is not just wasting our lives? How do we make the most of this little bit of time that we have left? Because the end is near. It is absolutely near. But from God's vantage point, we don't know exactly when that's gonna happen. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And so how do we make the most of this time? Well, let's get back to our text because Peter tells us, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And what we see here is that God is patient. And this is one of those qualities of God that we need to be applying to our lives, especially as it relates to everything coming back together. And so if you wanna know how you need to live in the end times, and with the end being near, the first thing is that you need to be patient. And we often look at the challenges, we look at the trials, we see a few seconds go by. And we're wondering what is going on, what is happening. And really what we're mostly worried about isn't necessarily Jesus coming back. It's like this Antichrist rising up and us going through tribulations. And we're wondering, you know, how hard is it really going to be? And what God is telling us is that we need to be patient because we are looking at a house. We're looking at our, maybe our children. We're looking at some of the things we want to enjoy in this life. You know, I'm saying, God, I don't want you. Jesus, don't come back now. I've had 10 years that I haven't slept because of kids. And I've got one who I think is about to turn the corner, so please don't give me, give me a couple more years, Jesus, so that way I can get some sleep. <laughs> and I'm not feeling all exhausted. Come on, Jesus, give me a little longer. So, but some of us don't feel like that. We're like, hey, 
you know, let's end this whole thing. But what we forget is that when he comes back, everything's lost. When we come back, when he comes back, everything is made right. But then that coworker of yours who doesn't believe in Jesus, they're gone. That spouse of yours who doesn't believe in Jesus, they're not gonna make it. That parent or that child or that grandchild of yours who doesn't have a professing faith in Jesus, they don't have a chance at that point. And so we have to think about things a little bit more eternally when it comes to being patient. It doesn't mean that we won't have challenges because we will, but we have to be patient in the midst of them because God doesn't want anyone to perish. And maybe you've heard, maybe, maybe I think I shared this with you a while, a couple years ago, but, but patience is something that we struggle with. Let me, let me just show you this. We're in a society that struggles with waiting. We, we send packages by Federal Express, cell phone company called Sprint, Personal finances are managed on Quicken. Company finances are managed on QuickBooks. We schedule our appointments on a day runner. We diet with Slim Fast, and we wear swimming trunks by Speedo. <laughs> we struggle with being patient. I just want you to know that this is not God's will for you. This is not what God has intended for your life. He doesn't want you to wear Speedos. <laughs> that isn't something that he would ever want for you or for anybody that would ever see you. It's not, it's not in his plan. But, but patience is difficult when we go through trials. And this book is written by a man named Rod Dreyer, Live Not By Lies. He talks about some of the direction that he sees things going. And he says in this book, and again, he's prophesying a little bit. He's predicting the future. Nobody really knows. But he says the days of, of gulags and... Um, camps and Christians getting pushed off into camps and different things like that, communism. He said, those, those days are really behind us. He doesn't envision that type of a, of a regime coming in. But what he does envision is this, and you can disagree, but I'll make the point here in a minute where I'm going with this. He calls it a soft totalitarianism. He says, you've got things like big tech censorship. That's gonna be a challenge for certain perspectives on Christianity. You have economic isolation that can take place if you don't agree or align perfectly with the direction of the government or whoever it is that has oversight of you. You have get Christians labeled as threats. That, that if you're somebody who, I mean, and it's not that you're a part of a cult per se. It's not that, that you're spouting off um, specific dates that Jesus is going to return or, and, and you're, and you're kind of hunkering down in some sort of bunker. That's not, what, that's not what we're talking about here. It's just that you come to church, that you really believe what the Bible says. And he's saying there's gonna be a point at which there's gonna be a view that you're gonna be saw as an, a religious extremist because you really believe the Bible. And here's my point is with that coming, it's hard to be patient. But God's point of view isn't your comfort, or even my comfort. And as bad as it might be to say, his priority probably isn't even our freedom of speech, although I, I want it to be, and I think it's a very important thing that we have it. It seems as though, at least from Peter's vantage point, his priority is that, that as many as possible don't perish, but come to faith. And Jesus. And that leads into the next part that's going to help us to learn how it is that we ought to live in this time. But the day is going to come, and it will come like a thief. In other words, it's going to come all of a sudden. We aren't going to expect it. 
The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. It's gonna happen suddenly. And so do you know what that means for each and every one of us? That when this day comes, because the end is near, how this ought to affect us, it ought to affect us in this way that we ought to be urgent. There's an urgency that you ought to have with the way that you are living your life. But it's not just an urgency about you wanna get more, you wanna go farther, you wanna rise higher. It's not that type of an urgency. The urgency that I'm talking about here is again, an eternal urgency that we have. That, that when you're thinking about things from an eternal standpoint, now you don't look at somebody as being an annoying coworker who you can't wait to leave or get fired. Instead, you interact with that person and you're thinking, I, I know you're really aggravated and you're rude and you're disrespectful, but you don't believe in Jesus. And that's my priority here. That's, that's the kind of urgency, but it's hard because we can get comfortable. Um, the, yesterday, I have this, this third grade group of um, hooligans, otherwise known as boys, um, who won a basketball game. And going into this, half the team is second graders. And so going into this season, I'm thinking to myself, I just hope we don't get beat by 30 points every game. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.